This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. I'm going to talk to you today about a topic that will no doubt raise some eyebrows, but it has to be discussed nonetheless. I'm sure you realize by now there are certain statutes and boundaries laid down in the Bible that restrict God's ability to move in our lives under certain conditions, because God honors his word. In a previous broadcast, I listed 16 things that God cannot do. Yes, 16 things that God cannot do in a segment entitled, Is God Sovereign? If you missed it, go to our website and you can check it out. You could consider that this broadcast is a follow-up or second part of that prior broadcast. So please go to our website if you missed that. Now, as Christians, we should focus our attention on the New Testament rather than the Old Testament for our covenant promises in this dispensation of grace. And particular attention, my friend, should be paid to the epistles because these are letters written to us, the church. It's important that we read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. There is a measure of revelation and understanding that has been granted to us about God and his ways that was not available to the prophets, priests, and kings of old. For example, Satan is sparsely mentioned in the Old Testament, save in perhaps Genesis, Job, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. But in the New Testament, particularly the epistles, we are given specific details of his stratagems and machinations. Let me ask you this, my friend. Let me ask you this question. If I were to say to you, hey, let's meet tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the morning at a coffee shop of your choice. Okay, we agree. Let's meet there. The next day you arrive at 9 a.m. and I am not there. You wait patiently till about 9.30, but still no show. You end up leaving as there is no phone call or any indication of my soon appearance. The next day we bump into each other on the street and you ask me, hey, where were you yesterday? To which I respond, well, I didn't mean what I said to you literally about meeting up. I meant it metaphorically. Now, friend, you wouldn't be too happy with me, would you? But this is the very same thing that we've done to God's word down the years. The old adage for biblical interpretation is if the plain sense of the text makes sense, seek no other sense. In some instances, which are rare, there are uses of metaphor, simile, allegory, and other figures of speech. They are used on occasion, certainly. But we should take God's word literally, as I take your word literally, as you should take my word literally. When God says in Mark 11:24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them, then we should believe what God says about prayer in this verse, that he means what he says. Therefore, within the context of God's written Logos word, he is only obligated to do precisely what he has promised to do and nothing more. Therefore, we have to ask ourselves this question. Is it possible that we can pray beyond God's ability? Doesn't the Bible say that all things are possible to him that believes in Mark 9:23? Yes, it does say that. Yet we know all things are possible to him that believes within certain guidelines, limitations, and boundaries that are clearly laid out by God's word.
As long as we follow his statutes and obey his instructions, we will prosper in due season, despite trials, temptations, and persecution which may come our way when we live a godly life. Certain limitations are set by God for our own benefit or protection and for others, which is an act of his mercy, and he is ever long-suffering towards us, my friend. Not all prayers keep God's uppermost, nor do they seek his kingdom first. Remember, it says that in Matthew 6:33, we should be seeking first the kingdom of God. That should be our priority, not trying to build our own kingdom. The following discussion revolves around our wants and the desires of our heart. When it comes to our wants, we must use wisdom and have patience to believe for God's best in his timing. I'd like to give a shout out to the late great teacher, Dr. Roy Hicks, for listing these nine reasons of why our prayers might go unanswered on occasion. Number one, you ask amiss, James 4.3. Your relationship with the Father is simply not strong enough to sustain what you're asking for right now. You're asking with a selfish motive that does not fit God's divine purpose and plan for your life. God will only answer prayer that is in the best interests of all those concerned according to His will as He is the perfect judge seeing both the future and the past. To grant you this selfish desire would be injurious for you in the long run. Number two, pride, James 4, 6. Pride comes before the fall, Proverbs sixteen eighteen, and the success that you're asking for may hinder your relationship with the Father if you lack the maturity to handle it. In fact, it was in times of affluence, not hardship, that the Jews in the Old Testament moved away from God and His ideals. Pride is the reason for Lucifer's downfall, Ezekiel twenty eight seventeen, and we all need to keep our pride level in check. God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, and much is written in Scripture to warn us against pride. Number three, your petition is simply out of God's perfect will for your life. Are you asking God to move your mountain, but at the same time building one? Some wisdom is required to remove detrimental habits in our lives. Remember, mountain-moving faith requires that we walk in forgiveness, otherwise it will be vain and futile. Are you trying to write chapter 6 in your destiny when God wants you to finish chapter 2 first? There is a time and season for all things. Ecclesiastes 3.1 Taking on responsibilities when we're not mature enough to handle them is a sure path to frustration and wounding. There is a perfect, good, and acceptable will of God, Romans 12.2, and we should always seek His perfect will first and foremost. However, if we press and press, He, the Father in heaven, will allow the acceptable, which is not His his first choice for you. Friend, God does not approve of everything he allows, as he respects your free will to choose either good or evil. Number four, timing. Although it may be his desire to grant your petition, certainly, it's just not God's time for it to be manifest right now. Although at some point in the future, when you're ready, God will grant your petition. Consider the prayer answered now, but the manifestation of it is in his timing and the way in which it manifests is up to God also. Number five, if God answered you in this particular situation, he would be showing partiality. This goes against his nature, as he is not a respecter of persons. Acts 10.34 What he has done for one person, he will do for another, as long as that person is willing to believe. Praying for sports events is a classic example. God merely sits on the throne and says, May the best team win. God is equitable to all his children and does not show partiality just to answer your prayers. 
Number six, you simply don't believe what you're praying for. The scripture informs us in Mark 11:24 that at the time we pray, if we believe those things that we are praying for, then we shall have them. We should not pray to God for things we don't believe he can do for us. Simply, if we don't believe at the time of prayer, then we will not receive. A better way is to meditate on God's word in the area you're believing for, which could be finances or health or whatever it is. Build up your faith in that area and then pray and believe and you will receive. Better to build up your faith level to the point where you can conceive in your heart the promise and then pray in faith as the prayer of faith is always answered. James chapter 5 verse 15. Number seven, unforgiveness. God's ability to work on your behalf is a function of your ability to walk in forgiveness. And this is even up to 490 times in one day. Matthew 18 verse 22. Symptoms of sickness, whether mental or physical, many times in the body, but not always, can be traced to a root of unforgiveness that has not been dealt with. It speaks of this in Scripture in Mark 11:25, James 5:14, and 1 John 5:16. Unforgiveness is a thief. I believe it is responsible for many of our ailments, and it often goes undiagnosed. Number eight, not walking in love. Wow. Love is a command, not a suggestion. It's expected from God, and remember that faith itself works by love, Galatians 5, 6. Therefore, our prayers could be severely hindered by a lack of love in our relationships towards others and God himself. Not walking in love towards your spouse can also hinder your prayers, 1 Peter 3, 7. And finally, number nine, lack of maturity. You are simply not mature enough to handle the blessings and responsibilities that come with your specific petition. God is in fact protecting you because he knows what you can handle and he knows what you cannot handle. Although many of us don't want to hear this, the age and mental capacity of a child will dictate the father's ability to communicate to and grant requests from his son or daughter. The father would not give a loaded gun to a seven-year-old because of the immediate danger caused by the child's incapacity to handle such a request. Likewise, your spiritual capacity or maturity is an indicator of how much God himself will allow you to steward at this time. God knows your maturity level and exactly what you're capable of handling. Perhaps the Lord dislikes spoiled brats as much as we do. Friend, the two greatest gifts God gave to man are choice and time. It's up to us what we do with it. God lets us choose every day. He lets us use our time for good or evil, whether we want to allocate it for worship and prayer and to serve Him or downright disobey Him if we choose to. In fact, God will let you rob the bank if you want to. He's not going to stop you. It's your choice. God will resist selfish prayers. He is reluctant to answer them, even though we may not deem them to be selfish. We must search our hearts before we pray, address sin issues first. Once they're dealt with, we can then have confidence to approach the throne, and we will receive the prayer that we ask for. Any prayer that stems from the wrong motive should not be answered by God in our best interests because it promotes the wrong use of His will. We understand His will for our lives primarily through His written word and the unction in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Remember that God allowed Israel to have kings instead of judges. They asked God for them. It was not His will. He allowed their petitions nonetheless. 
God also allowed Abraham to have a child with Hagar and gave birth to Ishmael. But this was not his perfect will either. We need to be patient when we pray, knowing that God's best will manifest in his timing, knowing that God's best is usually fought for vehemently by Satan along the way. With hindsight, there are some prayers for me down the years that I'm glad that God never answered. Lastly, when we petition God for something, we are not to ask how he will do it, but to trust him in the manner in which he will answer our prayers. We are to emphatically trust him, knowing the outcome is in his hands, and not try to manage or manipulate circumstances in our favor, as that is a sign of distrust. If you're in a pickle, ask the Lord for wisdom, and he will grant it to you. James chapter 1 verse 5. We're not saying decision-making is easy. And it can take time to mull over decisions before a clear path of peace is revealed to us. Don't give up on your petitions, friend. God is a good God. He will fulfill everything he promised to do in his word. He is good and to be trusted. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. 